Hi, Taisei. Hi, Alex. I'm uh, sitting on my couch right now watching the Slovakia-Switzerland World Junior Shootout. And here comes Slovakia's fifth shooter trying to win the game. Utter failure. Totally mishandled the puck. <laughs> We're going on to, to round six uh, in this, uh, this deadlock. Yeah. Fun. This is for 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 a tournament that is uh it's been pretty rife with with blowouts. It's good to see uh a fun shootout game. Right? I haven't I haven't been watching and upsets. It. Yeah. So oh I'll 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 talk yeah. about that then. Go for it. Uh yeah so so yeah we'll start with the World Juniors. Uh, our last episode which was about uh, two weeks ago we did a little preview. Uh, we talked about Canada's roster and Sweden's and Finland's rosters. And USA's roster was actually finalized a little bit later that day. Um, so we just missed out on that one by a couple hours. But yeah, this World Junior Year, uh, more so than many other recent ones, I think has been uh, full of upsets. It was, of course, Canada losing to Czechia 5-2 to two on the opening day. Uh, Switzerland beat Team Finland in a shootout. Uh, Slovakia beat USA as well. Um, and... The, the narrative or discussion, I guess, is, oh, is this finally, you know, the the lower countries, the like, you know, six through whatever, 10 ranked countries, are they finally catching up to uh, to the powerhouses? Um, and I think that's been the general trend. But I think maybe uh, the amount of upsets has been slightly disproportionate to where the countries actually are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh you know, with a tournament like this where you have such a single game, like the heavy emphasis on the single game format, um, we see a lot of, well, a lot of, you know, a lot of these upsets with Canada and the U.S. in particular. You know, you, you have one team that has better skaters, but then the goaltending kind of undoes it. Uh, and that was the case for Canada and the U.S. Um, and yeah, that seems to have been kind of the equalizer. And it kind of, if you look at the tickets, look at the standings right now. Um, you know, last day of the tournament, and both groups, round robin, or yeah, round robin. Uh, both groups very much in the air. Uh, you know, nobody's really clinched first, second, or third. Uh, and yeah, you could see, for instance, United States, Finland, uh, even Canada finishing down in third place in their respective groups. Yeah, um, this is much more volatile on this last day than it has uh, possibly ever been. Um, anyone could kind of play anyone, except Austria and Latvia are both uh, going to be against each other in the relegation round. Um, but the the big story, of course, so far in the World Juniors uh, has been Connor Bedard. Fall hard for Bedard. Now everyone's talking about it even more than they already were because uh, he's got 14 points in three games. He had a one-point game, then a seven-point game, then a six-point game. He's uh, tied Jordan Eberle's record for most uh, goals for a Canadian player at the World Juniors. Um, I imagine he has to be chasing down some other kinds of points records as well because it's absolutely just ridiculous pace that he's on. Um, I actually, I made a joke, I think, at a, a last episode talking about, is this the year that uh, Canada gets terrible goaltending, which counteracts Connor Bedard's uh, 20 points in seven games? I might have been underselling it because he's already at 14 and the round robin's not even over. He is, uh, if he doesn't get a single point for the rest of the tournament, even if Canada goes all the way to the end, uh, he's clinched uh, two points per game average. Yeah, nuts. You know, I, I give it to him. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling as, as crazy about it as I feel like a lot of people are. Now, granted, you know, you got like what? What do you mean? You know, like it was against shit teams. That's the bit, right? Okay. He, he's, he scored okay. all of them against Austria like and this. Germany. You know who's played in the NHL already? Shane Wright, Dylan Gunther, Brant Clark, 
look at their stats next to his stats, all right? If if it's so easy to score six points against a bad team, wouldn't wouldn't shouldn't, shouldn't someone else on Team Canada be able to do it too? He's miles ahead of everyone else in terms of production. Like people say, oh, it's so easy for Gretzky to score in the 80s. Well, if it was so easy to score, then how come he won the Art Ross Trophy by like at least 50 points all the time? Yeah, you know that's fair. You know, I'm not saying he's he's like any ho hum player on the on the Canadian team. It's just that you know it's it's not blowing you know it's not blowing my mind. I feel personally, as uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people going around because they you know it's two great games. Um, I'll give him that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, they they were always gonna win those games, and yeah, the 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 the, the strength of competition leaves something to be desired. So you know, this you've you've had a lot of bad takes yeah. over the years. This is your worst one ever. <laughs> Connor Bedard isn't that impressive after scoring thirteen points in two games because the teams weren't that good on the other side. How what? How many points would Connor Bedard have had to score? For you to say, wow, that was a really impressive two outings against Germany and Austria. What was yeah. your threshold? No, the, it, your it's bar? it's a very impressive. I you know, but like all this talk about the 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 you know the records he's breaking. I mean, not to say he's not breaking the records, but like yeah, Canada plays mind. terrible teams every year. Yeah, not everyone breaks records every year. Fair enough. What's that about? Right, but I you know he's he's he he dunks on the bad teams better than everybody else is what I'm seeing, and that's great. Congratulations, impressive. But, you know, not mind-blowing as well. I'm not saying he's not impressed. So there, how many points awesome. would it have taken to blow your mind against Germany and Austria? There, What's there, the number? Honestly, I don't... Maybe 100, all right? Because <laughs> it's, it's Germany and with you? That's the issue. I, you know, there's a level of, 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 like, you know, me being impressed that simply cannot be achieved when Canada is playing against Germany and Austria. You know? You do it against a better team, I'll be fucking impressed. I'll I'll climb onto the, the hype train. The worst take you ever had. You realize if you're not already on the Connor Bedard oh, hype train, you're the, the only Connor person Bedard. in the world. <laughs> I'm on the Connor Bedard hype there. train. Who said I wasn't on the Connor Bedard about him when he was 12 years old? <laughs> but I I'm simply not on the. Wow, everybody loses their shit that he you know beat the shit out of Germany and Austria. You know, like it's impressive. It's great. You know, but, I think it really it puts it into proportion. Even though it is just two games, when you see how many points players like Shane Wright and Dylan Gunther have scored compared to Connor Bedard, and how drastic that difference is, it really puts into perspective that Connor Bedard is a is a, a generation defining Big David level offensive player. You know, I find it hard to take that away from two games. You know, I I can take no, it away. Because... That? We've been we've been talking about it for years. No, we were talking no, no, about no, no. season. For sure, for sure. It's it's just the two games are just he's showing it on a on a bigger, more national stage. But this isn't some scrub out of nowhere that everyone's talking about. Oh, he had two games, so he's the next Gretzky. He's been doing this for years. Okay, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the you know the years argument over this 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 you know had two great games two two you know against two bad teams what's the what do you try, what's your point that you're trying to make by My saying point, Bedard isn't as cool as everyone thinks no he is as cool as everybody thinks but scoring 7 6 points against germany and austria is not as cool as everybody thinks is what i'm saying he's great generational talent yeah but you know the last two games I'm not saying he could have done better. I'm saying, I'm saying, you know. Man, I, th- I thought this was going to be a fun conversation. This is not the, this really. is the, this is not the mind-blowing, you know, feat. If he does it against the United States, different conversation. But, you know, that's, that's, that's just where my head is at. I thought, I thought this would be a fun conversation. 
I really did. I, I didn't see this coming. You, you, you found a way to surprise me. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to let you down like this, mate. Um, I thought we'd go on to talk about like, oh, I thought we it was like, oh, who's going to get Bedard at the draft lottery, which we've already talked about a little bit. And there hasn't been so much hype for a prospect in eight years and all these things. And you're all, oh, let's see if you can do it against Sweden before we go crazy. I'm not, I'm not saying let's not go crazy for Connor Bedard. I think everybody should be crazy for Connor Bedard. I'm just saying, Except let's against Austria and Germany. Yeah, exactly. Show me, show me something better against better. You know, like and then and then we'll we'll throw some more but parties. Is it, everyone knew how you know how incredible he was, yeah. and then now in this tournament, in the first three games, when he continues to be excellent, it makes sense that everyone's talking about it because more people watch these games than watch the WHL. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, you know, I guess more people are actually finally seeing it. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd rather see it against better competition. Um, I'm not doubting this guy. Connor, sorry, Connor Bedard didn't make a better schedule. He's <laughs> scoring all the points. You want him to to organize the schedule too, book the hotels, book the flights. Yeah, he can't do everything. Um, but for instance, you know, didn't do it against the didn't do it against Czechia. Just saying. So he, he scored a goal against Czechia. Yeah, he did one goal, and they lost five two. It's a good game. So, eh, you know. What? Not, not, not mind-blowingly good. Nobody was not. not everybody was talking about Connor Bedard after the Czechia game. He had a goal, you know. But okay. was talking because they lost and shit. Um. So uh, yeah, I can't. Tysay officially is opening a beef with Connor Bedard. I have no beef with Connor. Tysay is a Connor Bedard anti. <laughs> I love Connor Bedard. All right. This this this, this fake narrative that somebody's Doesn't putting out here like is nonsense. All right. Big Connor Bedard fan. You know what? One might say I'm the biggest Connor Bedard fan. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> I have set, you know, a certain bar for him that I'm sure he'll meet. And that bar does not involve Germany nor Austria. So that's 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 what I'm saying. You know, you could have framed this in a positive way. You yep. should have said, and I can't wait to see how he'll do against better teams. Sure, we can frame it like that. I can I I'll I'll take it back. I can't wait. To see if he beats the shit out of Sweden. All right, this is, this is this is gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. I haven't been underwhelmed. You know, I've just I haven't been like overwhelmed. There, there's the bit. <laughs> he scores 14 points in three games ago. Yeah, I haven't been underwhelmed. Exactly, but you know, no, nobody could be. But you, you're you're making it out like I'm hating this guy. All right, like like I, you are. I'm not. I, That's a remarkable feat to score 13 points in two games, no matter who's on the other end of things. No, it's not. Well, no, yes, it is. But it's not as crazy as people are making it out to be. You know? That's Yeah. Let's I'm, move on. I'm dying on this hill. All right. Go ahead. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> is there anything else to say about the World Juniors? <laughs> um, I, what else could we talk about? Um, any of these? Well, I don't any wanna, of these... I, I don't want to dive too much into like potential quarterfinal matchups yeah. because by the end of the day, it's going to be set. And also, there are, there are so many different uh, possibilities this year. It just so happens that's how things uh, shook out. That uh, well, right. By the way, uh, Switzerland beat Slovakia in the shootout, mm. so that's a little extra information. Uh, let me refresh the the page. Oh, yeah, it's still not on there quite yet. But so it looks like Slovakia finishes the round robin with seven points. And Switzerland uh, with six, which means Switzerland is now uh, right away fourth in the in Group B. Um, Slovakia at seven points. Uh, so they are right now in second, 
Finland has seven as well. USA has six. Finland and USA play later. Um, so that's going to shake things out uh, totally differently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, right. So Finland beats them in regulation. United beats the U.S. in regulation. Then the U.S. falls to third, right? And that's and that's how it would work out. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, as a, as a general commentary, I alluded to it earlier. Goaltending, especially for the top teams, except for Sweden. Point of concern. I don't know who the hell is playing for the U.S. today. It, Trey Augustine is it, it America? I don't. I think it's Trey I think it's Trey Augustine. So you know they're like switching it up. Meanwhile, Canada has completely bailed on Benjamin Gaudreau, going with Thomas Milic, who you know, you know they've it's not a bail. They've been alter, They've been playing to alternate throughout the round robin, which is what they've been doing. Did he play against? Uh, did he play against? Gaudreau Austria? played the. Yeah, yeah. Gaudreau played oh, against yeah. Austria. He just barely saw any shots. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's what that, that was always what the plan was going to be. And then my, I, I don't know who they're going to end up going with in uh, the quarters, but there's there's no option that I I think they're totally confident in. No. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be either. Um, obviously, Gaudreau got pulled against Czechia, and then we watched uh, him against Germany, where you know he gave up a couple goals on only like sixteen that's shots. Milich. And yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when we're talking about Milic, um, and. Yeah, he didn't look particularly good either. Didn't look totally, you know, set between the posts. So, either way, yet again, the shaky goaltending that we talked about pre-tournament might come back to haunt them moving forward, especially if you go up against a team like Sweden, who, uh, you know, in, in the later rounds, who who is a Carl, Carl Limbaum. Been great this tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, the Czechs are right now, as we speak, playing Germany. Already up one nothing in the first period. Assuming they win in regulation, uh, they will hop into first in the group in Group A with ten points, uh, and then from that point forward, Group A would be uh, pretty simple. If Sweden beats Canada in any way, then they would jump into first with the Czechs in second and Canada in third and Germany in fourth, of course. And on the other hand, if uh, Canada beats Sweden, uh, then they would jump into second and the Czechs would stay in first and the Swedes would be in third. What but I think over time might wait sorry, I I should I could have mapped out these numbers earlier. But yeah, we we said we wouldn't talk about these uh <laughs> permutations and yeah. now we are anyway. Um so <laughs> too bad. They need to win in regulation, right? To hop the Swedes. because uh, if they do win in overtime, I think they only really make up one point of ground. Ah, uh, that's true. That's so, true. So if Canada wins, uh, in so if Canada wins at all against Sweden, then the Czechs would stay in first. Um, and if it's in overtime, Canada stays in third, uh, and Sweden's in second. And if it's in regulation, Canada ends up in second, and Sweden goes to third. Yep, that's about right. Um, which yeah sets up for an interesting quarterfinal matchup for Canada. If you don't manage to beat Sweden in regulation, uh, yeah, we could end up with a Canada USA quarterfinal. Very well, could or even just Canada Finland too, you know, because one of those seasons going to that is a possibility. Second. Yeah, yeah. Yikes! That happens when you lose Czechia. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose to Czechia. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Um. Well, I think that's it for for Will Junior talk. Uh, got a little confused there for a moment. Um, but there were some, you know, news and notes from around the NHL over the past two weeks or so, uh, including 
Ovechkin, we're going to talk about him once again. He's hit the next two miles. No, no, wait. He had already hit 800 when we talked about him last. Now he has passed Gordie Howe with an empty net goal in which Kuznetsov embarrassingly went out of his way to pass him the puck. Uh, hit number 802, passed Gordie Howe, second place all time. Everyone celebrated once again, talked about how great he was. And uh, now uh, we can promise we won't talk about this record until he gets to like let's say the end of the season and we'll, we'll take inventory. All right. Yeah. This is, this is the last mention because yeah, it's the last point, right? Uh, what's the next one? Eight fifty, right. Other than that, I guess. Yeah. Or unless he goes on some stupid fucking tear where we like have to talk about him where he scores like, I don't know, a goal a game for like a f- five, six, seven game stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what, what I feel like everything that's been said has been said about, yeah, we this. said it last time. And uh, yeah, we you know we did the math and shit, so we don't need to do math again. It's only a matter of time. Would you like to reevaluate yeah. your stance on will Ovi hit a thousand? Uh, well, what did I say? Did I say no? I said you certainly said it, not for eleven hundred. I said almost definitely. You, not. Yeah. But I said I said I'm like ninety five percent sure he'll get to a thousand. You yeah. said about thirty percent. Okay, yeah, I still stand by thirty percent. You know, I th- only. I think he might just fuck. You know, the 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 game he gets that record, I think he might just fuck off. But you know, granted, I don't think that's what's likely going to happen. But you know. Take it easy. I mean, maybe not fuck off in the literal sense, but just his job is done. So, you know, he takes it, lax, and then wow. retires at the, the end the of the season. The episode today is, I say, underestimating generational talents. <laughs> yeah, I have no faith in the people. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I don't think he'll, I think he seems like the type of guy to, uh, he breaks the record, is the whole thing. Everybody talks about it for four fucking weeks, and then... What else is there to accomplish? You know, what's, what's See, but the, thing the point is, of going all the way we, to 1,000? We, we went over the math two weeks ago, and it's expected this around the time he'll break the record, assuming, you know, no injuries long-term or anything like that. Uh, in the middle of the season, you know, we, we estimated he'd break the record like about two years from now, from like the day. Yeah. Um, and he'd still have half a season left, and he'd still have another season left under contract after that, which would allow him time to get to around 950 probably and i find it hard to believe he'd hang up the skates being that close to a thousand i think he'd want to get there too that's another two seasons we're talking about though you know that he would have to commit to maybe one if he ends i know i think we estimated closer to like 961 he would be at the end of his contract so it's probably just one more year okay you know what so if he's at 961 i'm sure he'll do it you know he'll do the bit he'll do one more season and maybe he scores 40 goals then if he does slow down at any point, in any sort of sense, though, and he ends up at like 940, where he needs two more seasons at the end after this, the end of this contract, I don't think he does it. So I think he might play till he's 45. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm still standing by it. 30%. You know, in fact, I'm even more confident on this take, on this 30%. See, I'm not saying it's 0%. So if it does happen, you can't come back and dunk on me for it. I'm just saying... Yes, I, yes, I can. No, you say, I say you, you think it's not going to happen. That's what you're saying. That's 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 not no. I'm not saying that. You know, fine. I'll say fifty percent. All right. How's that? 50% oh, you're such a coward. Yeah, I'm a fucking coward. You know, fine. Now that you've accused me of being a coward, I'm going back to thirty percent. All right. Okay. This is it. I, I respect you're standing by your belief, and yeah. when it turns out to be wrong, I'll dunk on you. You can't. I, my God, I said thirty percent. So think think about what that thirty percent means. Do you dunk on somebody for beating them at rock paper scissors? You shouldn't. What are you? What are you talking about, wrong people? You know, like thirty percent is mostly luck. This is you're evaluating the situation, and you're coming to okay. the belief, the prediction that he won't hit a thousand. You're right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on this one. He's not hitting a thousand. 
I say the Connor Bedard ante, the Alex <laughs> Ovechkin ante. There's a two percent chance he makes it to a thousand. I might as well uh, say. What do you like? I I might as well say fucking zero at this point if I'm if I'm doubling down this hard. <laughs> so you know what? There's a zero percent chance Alex Ovechkin <laughs> gets a thousand goals. There's a one hundred percent chance Alex Ovechkin will hit a thousand goals. All right, so we're only talking in extremes. You know, I'm never gonna let myself. Thirty percent chance he gets to eleven hundred. Thirty percent that he gets to eleven hundred. Okay. I'm saying zero to both. I'm saying negative four onto eleven hundred. And you know what? Here's here's my here's my New Year's resolution for you. I'm not involving any percentages in any of my takes because they mean jack shit. There's no way to evaluate them afterwards. It's only zero or hundred. I'm going with zero on this one. Okay. Oh, the checks just scored again. Went up two nothing. Okay. Yeah. That's I think over. that was Jakob Rabinets. So we can be even more confident in our uh, in our predictions. So, um, next thing we should talk about. If we were t- talking before about whether Connor Bedard should book the flights for Team Canada, maybe the Leafs should hire him uh, so that they don't get fined $100,000 for planning to fly to St. Louis on December 26th, which is a CBA-mandated off day. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have uh, violated the rights of the players, enemies of the workers, <laughs> uh, and were appropriately punished for it. Yeah. How does this make you feel? I, 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 I want to know where that money went. You know, does it does it go into the players' yes. pool? Like, does it fucking evaporate? What's going on here? Does it go to it the probably? League? My guess is it just goes to the PA, which means it goes off in some off in some vaults. I don't know where else would it go. That's a good question, but to assume it goes straight to the players' association, I don't know. I think that's 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 assuming that's generous to the to the league. You know, not even the NHL PA isn't isn't some kind of like you know virtuous organization yeah but it's not very i think it's, it's not like it's not going to go to the league you think they're going to just well it might that's that's the other alternative that doesn't make any sense of course but that's when, like, does, when the, does this fucking league ever, ever make any sense yeah but like how would that even be because i assume i haven't looked very closely at the cba i assume part of it is if this is broken then uh there will be you know a fine of this much and the money goes here. And since the December 26th day off is something that the PA fought for and won, that it should be the PA who's compensated when that's that's broken. Yeah. Right? You think that would just be a logical lawyer thing you to would, happen? You would think so. You would think so. So, and, and plus, I'm gonna, another question. I should look this up, yeah. What do they do with that money anyways? The money, does it go to the players? You know, in terms of... I'm saying, I assume that the PA does nothing with it. They just kind of have it, no. and it doesn't like go to the players no. themselves. Fucking useless. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. To to I don't know, cover their overhead costs or some shit like that. Pay Donald <laughs> Fair an extra hundred grand a year. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's my question. That's my one thought. with this whole affair, where where does this money go? Who's paying a hundred thousand dollars to who? I just looked up where did the Maple Leafs fine go? Yeah. Um, I'm on an N- NBCSports.com article right now. Toronto Maple Leafs have been fined $100,000 but da 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 over Christmas break. Um, the CBA stipulates no team activities are allowed. According to information, um, yeah, it doesn't say where. Uh, well, it does say they have been fined $100,000 by the NHL. Right. So, might go to the I league. It probably implies it Jesus. just goes to the league. You fucking kidding me? So there we go. Even more useless than it originally assumed. Yeah, I guess I did give them even more credit than they deserve. You really did. Um, <laughs> anything that was possible. 
this is so dumb. What a what a dumb fucking league. Um, <sighs> yeah. yeah, commit a workers' violation, pay the boss. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> it's jokes. Um, yeah. So the Leafs owner, you know, he probably gets three percent back on that fucking fine if it goes to the league. No. Yeah, he gets some. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Well then, that's uh sad and so pathetic. Uh-huh. So I guess the literally Jeremy Jacobs got richer off of this. Yeah, yeah, he made a cool thirty grand or whatever the fuck, however that math works out. Um, congratulations. <laughs> I love the world we live in. Okay, anyway, sure makes a lot of um, sense. Yeah, let's talk about uh the Rangers. Yeah, please. Um, so the Rangers, they were the obviously had a bad start to the year. You were prematurely dancing on their grave a little bit. Jacob Truba threw a tantrum, tossed his helmet, said, wake the fuck up at the bench. Then they went on a seven-game win streak. Um, they're in a playoff spot now, pretty comfortably, doing pretty well. Uh, looking like they're back to more or less how they were last year. Um, and then Gerard Gallant uh, scratched Alexi Lafreniere in favor of uh, Sammy Blay in a ridiculous decision. Uh, and really, I mean, I, the Rangers, we've talked about this before, don't get enough flack for developing their top forward prospects. Leah Sanderson's seventh overall pick, uh, ruined yo-yoed, traded away for a second rounder. Vitaly Kravtsov, uh, they pissed him off. He went back to Russia. Now he's back in the NHL, I think, but, you know, that has not reached his potential. Capo Caco has continued to be a disappointment, and that was a second overall pick. And if they managed to bungle Lafreniere, and now apparently the teams are calling about him, they managed, Lafreniere was, was, so dominant in like in junior and in the world juniors too. And he was, you know, like a slam dunk first overall pick guy. He wasn't like a, like a say an Owen power type of, even though Owen power is very good. Like, a, Oh, this is kind of an off year. He was seen as like, this is going to be a superstar winger. They managed to bungle him too, ruin this one. They've got a, that'd be, that'd be really bad. That'd be really bad. Yeah. Now, when you say comfortably in a playoff spot, is that really the case? Like, you know, they're in a dogfight with, like, three other teams in the Metro for two, for, for three spots, right? Four teams, three spots. And... Oh, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I've, I, uh, I misremembered. They're very I did much... not realize Washington yeah. had uh, heated up and really almost passed them. Yeah, crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, big dogfight in the Metro. So, you know, the dancing continues because this is not a legitimate contender. I will continue to dance on the Rangers' grave. But yeah, you know, they might not be in this position had they properly developed their young talent. You know, in fact, they definitely wouldn't be in this position. It'd be much, they'd be much better off if they had any sort of secondary scoring uh, behind like Zibanejad and Panarin and Fox. Um, and yeah, how, how do you bungle it this hard? You're absolutely right when you say this was a slam dunk first overall pick. This was the guy everybody was talking about in the pre-draft process all year. There was never, it was never really in doubt that it was Lafreniere. Uh, and then... Yeah, the the yo-yoing, the the lack of confidence, the lack of faith in this guy um, to constantly move him up and down in the lineup. Now, before he got scratched, demoted to the fourth line, um, and then promptly scratched. Just just a complete disaster. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, and yeah, this is clearly part of a pattern for the Rangers where they just can't figure it out for some fucking reason. See, I think so. The, in the with Leah Sanderson and Vitaly Kravtsov, you can point to. Like very explicit things they did wrong in the case of like yo-yoing mostly 
uh, and very aggressively. But I think there's more to it than that because some oftentimes like uh, great prospects will get yo-yoed and still turn out well. Um, but with someone like Kako Lafreniere who've been in the NHL uh, the whole time, I think it just has to point to an overwhelming organizational top-to-bottom attitude of we, by default, don't believe in and don't trust young forwards. It must be day in, day out. It must be the constant uh, pervasive attitude um, because otherwise I can't imagine Lafreniere and Capo Caco uh, stagnating this badly uh, with pretty much any other team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, you wonder if it's the coaching staff with Gerard Glant, but even so, it seems deeper than that. This is This goes back like, fuck, five, six years now. Five yeah. yeah. So, like, you're right. It 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 reeks of something organizational. Uh, and yeah, you pointed out, you know, with, with Kako too. How, how do you whiff on two top two talents like in, in consecutive years like this? It's crazy. Yeah. It's un. It's mm-hmm. unforeseen. It's it's unheard of that you. It's barely. It's hardly that you know they're heard of that you even get those two draft picks in the first place so close together. But then to bungle them both like they did. Nuts. Crazy. See, it's because they objectively didn't bungle the picks themselves. They were two very easy picks to make yeah. at the time that anyone anyone would have made. Like, don't they look back like, oh, they should have taken like uh, Trevor Zegris or they should have taken Tim Stutzla. Um, like, the problem isn't the players they're taking based on all their track record. Uh, the problem is after the fact. Yeah, so I, I, I bet Zegris and Stutzla are pretty happy they are where they are because... Um, you know, they either have or already or are about to have a uh, pretty hefty contracts, whereas, um, and you know, long and great careers, whereas things are a little more dicey now for Lafreniere and Kako. Crazy, crazy. You 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 know, you, you talk to someone before the you know the Lafreniere draft, you tell them this would happen, they wouldn't believe you. Fucking wouldn't believe you. That's that's you know, and then you, you add in the fact that you know Kako and all these players. You're right. It's it's the development 100 percent. In, in no right mind would they have picked anybody else. They shouldn't have picked anybody else. Uh, they just aren't able to develop first-round high-end first-round picks. That's a problem. That's <laughs> a real problem. No fucking kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we talked about this. Like besides Shosturkin, who's a like you look at their best players and the reasons they're like we know we're a good team last year and people thought they'd be a good team are you know. Guys like Panarin signed there as a free agent. Uh, Zabanajad was a great trade that they made. Uh, Jacob Truba, a, tr- a player they acquired who only wanted to come to New York. Adam Fox, who recently won the Norris Trophy, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, said, "I'm not going anywhere but the Rangers." These players fell into their lap. Uh, they didn't. They they kind of tripped their fell, tripped and fell their way into a into a good team. If they had a competent front office and development staff, they they would be a, a Stanley Cup contender oh, right now. A hundred percent. Are you kidding me? Cup contender, hands down. Um, yeah, but like I said, organization is a whole bunch of frauds, and this is why I don't like Fraud. the Rangers. Yeah, like it's it just <laughs> it's it, it's a fraudulent good team. You know, like in terms of player acquisition, you know, we've talked about this before. Like you just said, we can't laud them for all these great acquisitions they made because they lucked into a bunch of them uh, where there was no real feasible alternative. Um, so. You know what have they really done? And gone out and found found some you know diamond in the rough. They haven't really done that. Um, they just you know they get these players, these star players that want to go to New York, and then they bungle a whole bunch of you know top ten picks. It's nuts. 
Zabanajad is one I will give them uh, credit for because they, they fleeced Ottawa and Zabanajad hadn't really broken out yet. So I guess they kind of spied the potential in him and got the best out of him. But he's the anomaly yep. in that situation. That's right. Um, and every you team. You know who else is a Rangers first round pick? No, fucking JT Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you forced on my segue. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking the same one. That's why. Um, well done. Go for it. All right. Yeah, JT Miller throws a tie- temper tantrum live on ice for everybody to see uh, and laugh at. So I don't remember what team they were playing, but basically they were down by a goal with under Winnipeg. a Winnipeg. They were down by a goal, minute left to play. Colin Delia's in the net. JT Miller's got the puck in his own zone. And, you know, Colin Delia is not going to the bench um, for an extra attacker. Either, like, I don't know, he, he didn't want to, he was hesitant. Maybe they thought, they, you know, the Canucks would give it away. Or maybe he didn't get, you know, see or hear the signal from the bench to come on come, to come off the ice. Um, but, yeah, he wasn't really moving. And JT Miller essentially tells him to get the fuck off the ice. Which is, you know, it's as a singular act, not terribly criminal, you know, not not awful. Um, but then goes behind the net, stops for a second, and then fucking whacks the, whacks the top of the net with a stick. And that's the insane shit. Uh, and yeah, it just looks like he fucking lost his mind. Not only that, you know, with only a few seconds left in the game, this guy's, you know, spending some precious seconds throwing a fit. Yep. Um, vibes of uh, Nikita Kucherov last year in the Stanley Cup final, who, remember uh, that Tampa was losing and he, like, threw his stick into the bench or, like, yeah. at the equipment or his gloves? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. Um, yeah, this is completely unhelpful. It was I found it very jarring to see that he also had an A on his sweater as he was doing this, <laughs> and I think it speaks very well to the state of the Canucks and the uh, you know the rumored, which is a little more than a rumor now, divide in uh, in the locker room, uh, and just you know how toxic it is, and we'll probably get even more so after Horvat is traded. At least that that's the rumbling. Uh, not to mention, even from an actual hockey perspective, like. I feel like most of the time or often in a situation like that, uh, the goalie waits for the rush to begin up the ice, kind of like in a way joins the rush so that they get to the bench and a new player hops onto the ice, like right as, um, right as they're approaching the offensive zone to kind of give like, uh, you know, a fresh new angle of attack or something. So, I mean, maybe the coach was calling for Delia and he, didn't hear something, in which case JT Miller sure could yell like "go go go" or whatever. Um, but it's also a possibility that Boudreau or whoever, whichever coach was calling for Delia and Delia himself were like, you know, we'll wait for Miller to start skating up the ice, and then I'll skate along with him, go to the bench. Uh, either way, though, to waste time smacking your goalie's net <laughs> is, besides just being ineffective, like incredibly immature. And he's uh, stuck there for eight years now, too. Yeah, talking right. He signed that contract. Um, yeah, that's right. Either way, no matter how you see it, no matter who was calling who to the bench, no matter who was zoning out, the smacking of the net was a waste of time and just insane. Um, so, yeah, we can. There's, I don't think there's any ambiguity at, uh, you know, how silly JT Miller's being here. Um, and, yeah, just awful, atrocious vibes from the Canucks. Um, I saw like this article headline, like, oh, I th- it was Boudreaux with the quote, like, I think we're really turning a corner, and like they, they're like six and four in their last ten games. I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know, it's 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 not going so hot. 
jeez. Uh, I the the way I saw that that play first, I saw it on Twitter, and I saw it was quote tweeted by I believe Erickson's burner, who said something like, um, "If I'm Colin Delia, I'm plotting something tonight." <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why the hell not? Um, Vancouver Canucks Civil War coming soon. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, there were some contracts signed. Uh, nearly two weeks ago at this point. Uh, but we haven't talked about them yet. But they're interesting. So we're going to talk about them now. First one, Artem Zub, extended by the Ottawa Senators uh, for $4.6 million AAV for four years. Uh, now, in general, this wouldn't be such a bad deal for the second or third best defenseman on a team in general. But if your second or third best defenseman is Artem Zub, then it is. Um, of course, you know, Ottawa hopes that uh, Jake Sanderson uh, will grow into a top pairing caliber defenseman. Uh, they hope maybe Eric Brandstrom will improve and Lassie Thompson and Jacob Bernard Docker and some, you know, decent defensive prospects in the pipeline. But Artem Zub, uh, if you put him on a, a Stanley Cup contending team, he would be a bottom pairing defenseman. He would be, I would say, a number five is where ideally where you'd like him in your lineup. Um, and to pay a player of that caliber 4.6 is ridiculous. This is uh, the, exactly the syndrome of a player uh, does well on a bad team, and so they think that that player is just uh, that good overall, but isn't worth it. Yeah, I think I, I don't think it's some crazy overpayment. You know, like Artem Zub, I, uh, as a second pairing guy on a cup winning team, I buy it, you know? Um, maybe a number four maybe. yeah as a number four he's fine and so you know with that in mind eh, four by 4.6 you know i think you'd, you'd you'd like to take it down by like a million or so um but you know i think it's criminal i think he's a good defenseman he's a good defensive defenseman right you can't have too many of them um but the, yeah the, the, the issue is they overpaid him because he's their you know top pair right right-handed defenseman they have nobody fucking else behind him so they couldn't afford to lose him so he had all the leverage uh and his value is oversized because he plays such big minutes next to thomas shabbat um so yeah when you said um when you said defensive defenseman you can't have too many of them i believe you meant you shouldn't have too many of them that's right yes correction <laughs> you, you should not too many no 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> that's right uh-huh that's fun. Uh, ambiguity, equivocation. Anyway, um, I think maybe another thing that played into Zub's favor was you're not really going to give me a lower AAV than Zaitsev, are you? Four and a half. <laughs> or am I reading too much into it? You know, when you got that kind of bar on your, you know, we know that these negotiations and these GMs and agents and whatever seem to rely way too heavily on these like arbitrary standards on their own team. Um, whether it's I who was it that signed the contract with the stars? I don't remember if it was uh Robertson or no, it was Hints. Hints. It was like, you know, I the, there was a report, I don't remember who it was, but it was like they were talking to the agent and the agent was like, Yeah, we couldn't we agreed we couldn't go higher than Heiskinen because you know he's the leader or what the fuck uh on the team. That doesn't make any sense. Jeez. That's not that's not a fucking comparable. He plays a different position. All right. It's just nuts. And it is nuts, but it seems like that's some sort of thing that happens around the league. Um, so I buy it. I buy it that maybe the Zaitsev thing could have had an impact because God knows it happens all over the league. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to, I thought it was going to be the other angle. I thought it was going to be like, yeah, we should be getting more than like Tyler Sagan. So they asked for 10 million because Hintz is better than Sagan now. Um, I guess that wasn't exactly it. Even when uh, Rantanen signed his big deal, because McKinnon was still on like the, you know, like the 6.3 yeah. or whatever. So there was, oh, Rantanen, like, obviously he's not going to get that little, but you can't ask for so much more than McKinnon. Was he going to get like eight? And then with like 9.25. Um, but if that McKinnon deal weren't there, or if he had hit the open market, which I guess is a different thing, but he could have probably, uh, like, you know, if he got to 10 AAV at that point, it probably wouldn't have been so crazy. No, no, absolutely not. So, yeah, in team comparables, it's a real thing. And so maybe, you know, one Zed last name defenseman affected the contract of the other Zed last <laughs> name defenseman. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's why, uh, Caulfield isn't going to end up with 8x8 because Suzuki's at like 7.85 so Caulfield might get like the same number I could fucking see that a hundred thousand percent I can see that being a logic as dumb as it is Uh uh-huh I uh it's it's very very real um and the other contract that's interesting is Stuart Skinner um the starting goalie for the Oilers now uh Jack Campbell is the five million dollar backup that's pretty much simply how it is signed a three-year extension 2.6 million AAV uh, now, if he continues playing for all those three years as the starting goalie, as he has been this year, rocking a 916 at the moment, that's an extremely sweetheart deal for the Oilers. Um, the problem, of course, is Jack Campbell. And because of his massive cap it, they're probably going to want Campbell to uh, become the starter again. And the ideal thing for the Oilers is both goalies are great and they run a great tandem. Um, but assuming Campbell doesn't bounce back to form, if you can have, uh, you know, an overpaid backup, but if you have a, a starting goalie on this very, very sweet deal for three more years, uh, obviously still not ideal to have such an overpaid uh, goalie behind him, but you can live with it a little more. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that at the end of the day, it's still pretty risky for the Oilers um, to commit three years uh, to this guy. Now, granted, he's been playing good, but, you know, like with Stuart Skinner, is there really a proof of concept in terms of can he be a starter um, or even a real tandem guy besides this season? Um, not really. And we've seen goalies who've had, you know, good seasons. They get a fat contract and then they're no good anymore. Um, honestly, this isn't a fat contract, though. It's it's re- like, you know, like you could see it in two, three years where you're like, oh, man, I sure wish we weren't paying Stuart fucking Skinner two point six million dollars. Um, like, know, you know, this is almost like I feel like that's unlike this is almost like uh, even. You can make the argument that this is good backup money. Eh, it's expensive backup money. Um, it's high-end backup money. Sure. Has Stuart Skinner really established himself, aside from this season, as a high-end backup? I, yeah. Well, I mean, last year he played uh, 13 games and he was a 9-13. Right. He, his entire time in the NHL, though, it hasn't been long. He's played a total of 36 games. He's been good the whole time. That's true. Um, yeah. And in the AHL as well, uh, dating back for the past two seasons, uh, he's put up good numbers there too. Uh, he doesn't, you know, for over the past three years, he's just kind of been solid all around. So I think that uh, this, isn't, this isn't such a big risk. The Campbell contract has proven itself to be much riskier. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, you know, they maybe put themselves in a position where they didn't have as much leverage with that Campbell contract. Where, you know, maybe you don't want to commit this much to Stuart Skinner. Because, yeah, he has been good in the NHL, in the AHL. But the sample size has been relatively small, particularly in the NHL. So, 
you know, it's perhaps in an ideal world, you wouldn't expose yourself to this level of risk with a Skinner contract, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, and it's not a bad contract. Uh, you know, I think it's fine. Um, maybe a bit pricier and maybe a touch long. I think it's just risky. Um, I don't think it's a bad contract. Okay. You're anti-Bedard, anti-Ovechkin, oh, oh anti-Stuart Skinner. Jesus Christ, don't pay me. I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm not a so hater. So negative today. I love everybody. What's what this all about? about? Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think today is probably a good day to do a standings checkup yep. upon this New Year's Eve uh, to take inventory of things. Second time I've said take inventory. Uh, I guess that's my buzzword of the day. Um, and see where things stand as we approach the halfway point of the regular season. Not quite there yet. Um, teams are at about 36, 37 games in general. Um, NHL.com is bugging out for me right now, so I'm going to go into TSN maybe. All right. So uh, shall we run through it? Yeah, yeah. I was I was okay. passing the mic up ah, to you. Sorry you. if that wasn't clear. Okay, no, it's all good. All right, let's move to the let's start with the West. We don't we never start with the Western Conference. Might as well today. Uh, let's see. What do we have here? So the stars are fucking good. Um, if we're looking at the central, just uh, running away with it right now. Just on a hot streak currently. Won seven of the last ten. Um, and yeah, they're like pretty comfortably ahead of Winnipeg for first in the division. Um, and they're winning the conference right now, actually, because Vegas has slowed down. And yeah, best team in the West, apparently. Uh, I, it was strange. Strange one-two here that I wouldn't have guessed. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the take artist here. I only have bad predictions. <laughs> strange one-two in the Western Conference or in the Central? Or I guess oh, both. Sorry. I'm at Central, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I mean, in the Central, to just run it down, yeah, Dallas number one, Winnipeg number two, Colorado number three by by points percentage. I'm going, and Minnesota at number four has uh, climbed back a a little bit, uh, and they're in the top wild card right now, with uh, Chicago having after their slightly surprising first week or two where they won a few games, are pretty much exactly where they expected to be and hoped to be. They are, are they last? Yes, they are dead last in the NHL right now. Exactly what they wanted uh, with a 294 points percentage, incredibly low by NHL standards. <laughs> um, and the Coyotes as well are, are below Bettman 500 at 456 with the, the Blues and the Predators um, not, uh, not really in striking distance. No, not really. And, and on the point of the Chicago Blackhawks, they have mastered the art of the tank the last little while. Where, you know, they've lost, you know, nine of their last ten. But notably, all nine of those fucking losses have been in over have been in regulation. So none of this dilly-dallying, these Bettman points, they're going straight to the bottom in the most efficient way possible. That's how you tank. Yeah, I saw a list of like uh the worst five on five lines by some uh some standard who played at least a certain amount of time together. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taves' line was like number two on the list. His line with like Sam Lafferty and Athanasiu or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, makes sense. They're getting caved in, and uh, Jonathan Taves doesn't have it anymore. So you know, because the, the quality of opposition, I think, is probably partially what's driving that. Mm-hmm. Then in the Pacific, we have Vegas number one. I was talking to you recently. Uh, you were very surprised at the start of the season when I predicted Vegas would win the Pacific rather than Edmonton or Calgary. Um, but man, is this ever shaping up well for me, that one. Um, because 
the closest teams to them are the LA Kings in second in the Pacific, despite their terrible goaltending. They've actually climbed since we talked about them. And the Kraken, still hanging on there, third in the Pacific, uh, with the Oilers in the second wildcard spot and the Flames only one point behind them with the same amount of games played. So we could end up, it's shaping up like it could be a battle of Alberta, uh, not in the sense that they'll be in a playoff series against each other like they were last year, but they might be right down to the wire for the last wild card spot if this pace keeps up. Yeah, no, just just the dog shit Pacific Division this year. They're all just terrible, except Vegas, who, you know, has been good, very good. Um, but, you know, we looked at Seattle, we looked at Los Angeles, we had their weeks, we said fraudulent teams. Maybe not fraudulent, but like not as not nearly as good as their standing position suggests. Um, not a Stanley Cup contender, at least from what we saw. Uh, and then you know Edmonton and Calgary are you know ha- have their goaltending issues and are just generally underwhelming. Um, so yeah, it's you know somebody somebody's gonna miss out on the musical chairs, right? Uh, because not all five teams. It's looking very unlikely that all five of you know or all five of Vegas, Los Angeles, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary are going to make it into the playoffs. So, yeah, it's looking like someone's going to be you know, very disappointed. I could still foresee a total cratering for the Kraken. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know, that buffer, they have not been good recently, right? So that buffer is yeah. kind, of, kind of really eroded. Um, yeah. So I could absolutely foresee it too. The Blues are somewhat in the hunt if they can you know, kind of figure it out. So, eh. nah, I don't need the Blues in the playoffs. I don't need to see Bennington there. <laughs> I could use it. I'm sick the, of the Blues. <laughs> You're sick of the Blues. Man, I'm so glad the Blues are doing badly. Yeah. Similar to the Panthers, honestly. Yeah. I feel like they're about where they should be. You know, like, I'm, the Panthers is, feels like a shock. I didn't, I didn't realize Paul Maurice could be this bad. Um, But, you know. It's the Blues, man. Yeah, like, I think based on their roster and especially their goaltending, uh, they're about performing as you'd expect, maybe st- uh, slightly underperforming yeah. still. Um, but while based on where it, I, I imagine the brass thought they would be, they're underperforming massively. I think they thought they had a playoff team because I think they really believed in Jordan Bennington for some reason. And on, to let Billy Husso go and to double down on Bennington uh, has proven to be the colossal error that I thought it would be, um, because with Huso and Net, they'd at least be, uh, they'd at least have a shot at the playoffs at this point, uh, or a much better shot rather than uh, being a real long shot as they are now. Yeah, having Thomas Grice as the backup when Biddington loses his mind, not the not not the sunniest of outlooks. I gotta say, um, so yeah, that's the Western Conference. It's looking like a. Nine-ish team race right now. Um, yep. Yeah. As it stands, and similar, pretty similar story in the East. Um, we can look over to the uh, to the Atlantic, where we have a a clear two-tier system. Maybe not two-tier, but there's a cutoff between the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams. Um, we have Boston running away with it, as hot as ever. Um, somehow, just sustaining this winning. They're they're winning ways. Uh, they have like an almost an 850 win percentage, which is insane. Um, then Toronto is like the, the third highest points percentage, I think, right now in the league. Um, and Tampa Bay. They're pretty clearly locked into those three division spots. Um, and honestly, pretty much in that order, too. I mean, Tampa has is five, five points back, two games in hand. But, you know, Toronto looks really good in the regular season. What can I say? 
Um, and then yep. if we, we look, Leafs, yep. uh, Leafs might finish third in the entire league and still draw the lightning in the first round. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. I mean, no, no matter where they finish, it looks like, it looks like almost a given now they're going to draw Tampa. Um, but yeah. they can finish second in the league. <laughs> it's still, it's still yeah. draw Tampa Bay. <laughs> so, you know, that's mm-hmm. it's Gary's bit. Um, divisional series. Is yeah. Oh yeah. man. Am I ever sick of this playoff format? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 out. I'm out on this shit. Um all right. And then uh some a few Atlantic teams that are just kind of in the same kind of boat, same point percentage range, and all of them pretty squarely out of even the wild card race. Uh it's like Buffalo, Detroit, a gap. Then we have Ottawa, fucking Florida's below Ottawa at this point in points percentage. Yeah. Very embarrassing. And then the Habs, you know, Still within that range of the Panthers. Um, so yeah, just a collection of five teams that are just mediocre. Yeah. Uh Buffalo and Detroit are, you know, doing they've improved a respectable degree, I guess, but they're still, yeah. Especially Detroit was kind of hanging around the playoff spot. It's not looking like it's gonna happen for them. Um Ottawa has improved since the start of the year. Florida, who we were talking oh yeah, they're bad, but they might heat up. They have gotten even worse. You won't you love to see it? Thank you, Paul Maurice. Uh, they're three and seven in their last ten, uh, and and Montreal as well. After hanging in there for a while, around the you know the outside of the bubble, we'll say, have uh, lost a lot lately, and are we'll say performing in line with their personnel and the expectations now. Uh, Lashed in the division, uh, two wins in their last ten. That is probably where they will end up at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, fighting with Philly for for like second last in the division. You know, in the to really, to really, to, yeah, in the conference, to really put an emphasis on how far Buffalo fell. They're on a five game win streak right now, currently, <laughs> and yet they're still so far out of a playoff spot. It's crazy. Um, well, yeah, they were terrible to start the year. Eh, were they? Because you know, didn't they? I mean, after their after right. their hot two weeks, yeah. they were terrible. Okay. Is what I mean. That's right. Um, but I don't think I re- I fully appreciated just how bad they were post two weeks. You know that it really wore off in a significant way. Where they need like a twenty game win streak. That's an exaggeration. Um, <laughs> to make it into the playoffs because five and they're nowhere near it. It's nuts. It's insane with Buffalo because this year all everyone's all, Tage Thompson is a big story. He's like third in points, and so you're hearing all that. Oh, Tage Thompson just had like a five point game. Rasmus Dahlin is over a point a game as a defenseman. Jeff Skinner's bounced back. Alex Tuck rules. Dylan Cousins is having a a total. You know he's really coming into form, having a breakout year. Oh, by the way, like they lost like you know six <laughs> three to the Flyers or something. Like that's what it was for them for weeks. Um, well, I guess if Thompson had a five-point game in my scenario, they couldn't have lost 6-3. But you get the idea. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, they have all these feel-good stories or players doing very well and they're still losing. And part of that is just they're incredibly top-heavy. And part of that is poor goaltending. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think I think there may be a re- reason to cautiously hope in Buffalo over the long-term future so long as you can solve the goaltending and put together a half decent bottom six. Uh, the this eleven year playoff drought may be over within the next two or three years. <laughs> it's a lot of conditions. It's a lot of conditions to make the playoffs in three years. You know, 
I I am not going about to lay anything on the line for the Buffalo after all this time. Are you kidding no, me? No, this is not this is not the team to bet to bet on to ride. It's not it. Um, yeah. To your point, how do you have five players who are basically at a point a game? I mean, Dylan Cousins has thirty two and thirty three. Um, and and suck this shit. This 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 level of is shit. Skinner really? He's really that good. Skinner's at a point a game. Yeah, he's thirty seven points. <laughs> oh dang! In thirty wow. games, and and you have fucking Erasmus Darlene. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's 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 crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like if you if you look at baseball, you know, it this it reminds me of you know was it the L.A. Angels? Uh, they have like superstar, like two way player in Shohei Itani. They have Mike Trout, who's like the best in this generation, and they haven't made the playoffs in fucking God knows how long. And like the bit is like you know, Mike Trout hit three home runs. Shohei Itani, uh, what? Did some crazy shit that's never been done, and they lost seven to two. Um, <laughs> it's Wait, Mike tried to hit three home runs and they lost seven to two. Yeah, the, the pitching staff was so bad they managed to take a run off the board. Um, <laughs> it's just terrible, terrible, and uh, just go, you know. But for 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 a management team that has put together this supporting staff, I have no faith that they can do something better in the years to come. Especially, you know, you got guys like you know Jeff Skinner who are having great seasons, is that sustainable in two or three years when you want to make the playoffs? I'm not going to bet on it. Yep. Um, but I'm very glad the Panthers have continued to do poorly. I'll say that. Uh, and I'm just checking Eric Comrie's stats because uh, yeah, he's an 887. So I guess his really good 19 games as a backup in Winnipeg last year were in fact the anomaly. And he's uh, not very good. But you know... Craig Anderson, same number of games played. Guess his save percentage. Oh, we just saw this. It was high, wasn't it? It yeah, was like nine twenty. Yeah, fucking nine twenty-two. Crazy. Dang. <laughs> yeah, Craig Anderson of all people. Uh, of all, of, you know, they've. I think they've like kind of pretty evenly split between Lucan and Ukapeka Lucan and and Conley yeah, Anderson. Man. And Craig Anderson was so annoying when he was on the Sens back in the day because <laughs> because he would he would annoy you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, because I mean, as a Habs fan, at least uh, I hated yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he would have the tendency to, like, you know, he'd have a bad stretch, and then he would pitch like, you know, a forty-six game shutout. He was that type of goalie, you know, the Jonathan Quick type or Mike Smith type. But he would all he would also go on like, um, you know, stretches. He would go on like nine forty stretches for like a month, um, and he I don't he would never want a Vesna. I don't know if he ever even got any Vezina votes, but he every year consistently would like have Vezina type stretches, um, and I always felt like it would catch up to Montreal at the most inconvenient time. Yeah, well, he's doing it again at the age of fifty-seven. So good, good, for, <laughs> good for you, Craig. Um, yeah, he's yeah. he's got to be the oldest player in the NHL right now, isn't he? I, I think so. Uh, let me. He's what? He's at least forty-one, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's Craig Anderson right now. He's 41. Yep. Yeah. And he turns 42 in May. So he's 41 this season. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at him go. What a menace, this guy. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Off to the uh, to the Metropolitan Division. This one's fun. Lots of, lots of, lots of chaos going on here. You got Carolina, uh, who running away with it now that Jersey's kind of falling off in a major way um, because Carolina's won 10 in a row. Just... You know, riding Kachekov, uh, 
and but also looks like the rest of the team has to turn it on as well. Um, so yeah, they're taking a real step forward. New Jersey, on the other hand, you know they were they were really like you know they got quite the margin over Carolina. But while Carolina's won you know ten of their last ten, New Jersey's lost seven of their last ten in regulation. Um, a lot of that is goaltending. And what do you know? The Vitek Vanacek, the bottom has kind of fallen out a bit. He's had a real rough go. Uh, yeah. So I mean, this, I mean, we, a lot of times, you know, or sometimes people will be like, "Oh, if this team like wins this amount and the team above them loses this amount, they'll pass them." And it's like, "Oh yeah, sure, buddy. That's never gonna happen." <laughs> it happened here. Fucking happened. The, yeah. I mean, the right. Devils, the Devils were so firmly ahead of the Hurricanes. All of a sudden, Carolina long winning streak, Devils losing streak, and Carolina is now firmly ahead of the Devils, six points up. Um, and the Devils are trending down after their incredible start, which was so well documented, as the Czechs score their third goal of the game and go up three nothing on Team Germany <laughs> in the second period. Um, the positive side to this is that I said the Devils would finish second and not first in the Metro, so. There so go. it's shaping up okay for me. Jesus Christ. But, I mean, if they if they aren't able to kind of get it together and rediscover some of their earlier season form, they might fall even even lower than second, uh, because Pittsburgh is hot on their tails. Uh, they I think are coming off a a bit of a win streak themselves recently that might have just ended. Um, but they are only four points behind New Jersey now with the same amount of games played, and behind them we've got the Islanders in the top wildcard spot, the Rangers in the second one, and they're actually pretty much exactly tied. Uh, the Islanders just happen to have the tiebreaker, but Washington is as come back into the picture now. Wow. Uh, they've won eight of their last ten games. Early in the season, we talked about them. We watched them. We said they look terrible. They look boring, um, and they were decimated by injuries. A terrible defense. Uh, and guess what? Now I guess uh, alongside Ovechkin's uh, break into eight hundred and past Dordie Howe, they are on an absolute tear. They're, by points percentage, not in a playoff spot right now, but they are absolutely trending that way. Uh, and by points, they actually are already in uh, third in the Metro because they have 45 points in 38 games. And Pittsburgh, the Islanders, and the Rangers all have 44. So those uh, four teams are all neck and neck with each other. And assuming you're counting out Buffalo and Detroit, this is just like the West, uh, a nine-team race. Yep, yeah, one of these Metro teams looking like they're going to miss out. Um... And yeah, there's just a whole bunch of interesting teams back to New Jersey. It's not that they're like, you know, skater talent has really fallen through. Um, they're still, you know, analytics analytically very favorable. It's just, my God, Vitek Vanacek gives like, he gives up like three goals and like 15 shots. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and you I know would, that very well because he is on your fantasy team. That is, that is a statistic. Meanwhile, yeah, I've stared at many times. Bearing the benefits Jesus. of having picked up Pyotr Kachetkov as a free agent. And man, is that ever turning out well for me. It's a travesty. It's a travesty is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, it like I'm very familiar with these stats with Vanacek. Now Mackenzie Blackwood has come in. Uh, he's getting some starts. And that's not a good sign. Um, so, you know, I just hope for Jersey's sake that they don't you lose yet another season because they couldn't fix their goaltending. You know, for, for a minute, really thought that Vanacek might be the real deal. Um, but what do you know? It's fucking not. You know, and talking about what I hope is going to happen, uh, in the West, I, I kind of, I hope the Kraken are the ones who fall out and the Flames and Oilers both make it. In the East here, 
Um, I I know you probably are hoping the Rangers fall out, and I yeah. wouldn't mind that. That's right. But I also kind of want the Islanders to miss too. <laughs> I, I don't like either one of them. Uh, I like the fact the Caps are still hanging around. I'd be yeah. fun if they could make it. It's great. Um, and I, my dream scenario is the Sabers keep up their tear, and that Rangers and Islanders both miss at the hands of Buffalo. But that's probably not going to happen. You know what my dream scenario is? You know, you get the Rangers out of there. You get both New York teams out of there. I agree. I don't want to fucking watch six games of the Islanders ever again in the playoffs. All right? Just at least not with this Especially fucking defensive system. As it stands, they're, they're, they'd be trying to, like, choke the excitement out of the Hurricanes. Oh, Jesus and Christ. I don't want that. What a calamity. No, thank you. Hard pass. Um, or, or even, like, you know, they go up against the fucking Bruins. You know, it's just, it's just I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Or, you know, like, all the excitement of the Devils and how good their skater talent is. They have to go up against the Islanders and I want to make my no. eyes bleed. No, thank you. Um, so, the only thing, though, yeah. I feel like the Devils are the most likely team to just totally embarrass the Islanders and, you know, keep up their offensive firepower anyway. Maybe. But I'd rather not risk it, you know? I'd rather they run over yeah. some other team that's more entertaining. Um, if it means like they the run Rangers, over the Rangers. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that. Um, you know what? I want my take to be correct preseason, so I'm taking the Senators. <laughs> Let's go. Go Senators. <laughs> to come and get that last spot. I want them to go on a 50-game winning streak to end the season. Um, not even possible at this point. Oh, you know, the maximum they can achieve is 49, ironically. Um, but, uh, you know. Why the hell not? I think it would be fun. The lack of defense. So right now, Ottawa has 35 points in 35 games. Uh, let's be generous and say that they need 95 points to make the playoffs. Uh, what pace do they have to play at for, for the rest of the year? It would be uh, over 100 points for sure. Um, I don't think it's very doable. No, of course not. But you know, we you asked for my wish list, and this is my wish list. Um, okay, this is this is. Uh, yeah, they would need a a, a Hamburglar type run. Yeah, and you know that's Cam Talbot. What can I say? Oh, so... yeah, let's <laughs> go. Cool. The Hamburglar. <laughs> get on the fucking boat. Um, you know, six two and no, two. Rule. Cam Talbot goes on a tear. They should call him the Camburglar. They really that'd should. Be insane. That'd be cool. that'd be awesome. See, aren't you uh, on board now too? Now I now yeah I'm like Hamburglar train now. That's kind of insane. Sins go. Yeah, the, 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 get sensed. <laughs> that's right. Um, they have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Panthers, just just by virtue of being in the standings. You know, like you know maybe talent wise yeah. that's not the case. But Florida sucks. By God, Florida stinks. Man, very uh, funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I, we can wrap up the standings segment by looking at the very bottom of the league. Uh, the fall hard for Bedard sweepstakes, even though, as as I know, you don't think that Connor Bedard would even be that much of a help to any team. No, he's useless. So, uh, he's terrible. <laughs> you know what? He's a bust. Yeah. He's a Lafreniere 2.0. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, how many teams under Batman 500? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, two of them are Montreal and Florida. And don't forget, uh, Montreal has Florida's first rounder this year. I'm pretty sure it is actually unprotected from the Ben Sherratt trade. So Florida right now sitting at eighth last in the league. That's not nothing, you know. That's a, a potential jump up to to first or second. That's in the that's in the range of teams where you go. It's not so crazy. And Florida is getting even worse. So Montreal actually might have two shots at that topic right there around that. If it were today, the seven eight range uh, might get even better odds for them. 
I, you know what? I want to check out what the conditions were on that on that trade because I remember it was a whole deal, right? Like it was a whole big bit. Um, where was, the Monahan trade from Calgary was the really complicated uh, okay. one, okay? Uh, which also involved Florida's other first round pick that they had sent to Calgary in the Kachuk trade. Um, but this one was the Sherratt trade. So this uh first round pick, uh, yeah, the Panthers first round pick, uh, in. Uh, results. Yeah, but sorry, oh, Montreal is receiving the first round pick from Florida this year. Okay. After other conditions have already played out, so that that's definitely what's going to happen. It's not protected in any way. Wow, you're you're absolutely right, right? Because it was like it was some twenty two bit, right? Twenty twenty two pick that they had already traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. huh? So as what it do stands, you know? yeah. If uh, Montreal is probably getting uh two top ten picks, um. Well, or if Florida improves a little bit, then maybe top 13 or something like that. But they'll have two high picks, uh, so that's a team to look out for. But other teams that are ass and will probably be looking to get even worse as they gun for the bottom, Arizona, Philadelphia, San Jose, Anaheim, Columbus, and worst of all, Chicago. Uh, these are the teams to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, lovely. Um, and, and yeah, all this for Ben Chirot. All this heartache for Florida for Ben Chirot. Um. Yeah, we knew at the time, but like, that could turn out to be an even bigger disaster than they ever imagined. Oh, a hundred percent. Because this, you know, they were President's Trophy Florida Panthers when they made that trade. Um, who could have imagined this? Would, this would be. But even like, if it was like they got for Giroux, it's like okay, yeah, they were a good team and they acquired a good player, and it just didn't work out. And maybe they get unlucky in the draft yeah. lottery. But Ben Sherratt was a bad player who didn't help them at all. Yep, which makes it even more embarrassing. Oh, 100%. There was never any justification to nope. acquire that player. Zero. Just a, just a stupid move outright. Uh, and yeah, here we are. I'm loving it. And is Paul Maurice a one-and-done coach in Florida? Maybe. Might see it happen. Man, if this has to be it for his career, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> you there's know enough what? evidence at this point. He's just a bad coach. There has to be. Fuck, you know, like he fucking walked away from the Winnipeg job. You remember that shit? And he still got a job. Like he's like, you know, he's like, I'm, I don't have the room anymore, guys. I gotta, I just, I just gotta leave. I can't do it. I can't fucking motivate this team. And then he quit on the Jets. Still gets a job in Florida on a President's Trophy winning team. You know, maybe he doesn't get a contender team, but I think you're underestimating. The the, the yeah. just how undead and zombie like Paul Maurice's career is. You know it's so weird with, with Florida, because uh we were against the Kachuk trade, um, uh, mainly because of the inclusion of Mackenzie Weger. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched Florida that closely. I assume the absence of Weger is being felt. Um, but I mean Matthew Kachuk is doing brilliantly well. He's top ten in scoring. He is at least as valuable as Huberto was last year, uh. So, I I, I think for this coming week we sh- I don't we haven't watched the Panthers yet. I think we have to take a look at them, um, because I want to see if the problem is like personnel on defense or if it really is all just Paul Maurice coming in and undoing the good work Andrew Brunette did last year. Yeah, sure. Panthers sounds like a good pick. I think it. If my, I'm gonna take a guess. I think it's a combination of the two, um, because. They have given up a shit ton of goals. You know, they're scoring. They're still 10th in the league in goals for. Um, as it's No, we're close to as good as they were. Remember last year? Yeah. Didn't they, like, break the cap year record for goals in a season? Or were, or got close, at least? Right. So, big drop-off. Can point at Maurice for that. Um, but still not a bad offensive team. 
bad defensive team, eh, yeah, you can point at Uyghur. You add some Maurice Blame in there. That's my hypothesis, as a scientist would say. Yeah. Uh. Well, we'll take a look for sure. Uh. Why? Okay. I'm taking a look at the Panther schedule. We're not ending the episode yet. No. Nope. I'm just. Uh, we can establish this early. Uh. The Florida Panthers play going into January now. Uh. They play tomorrow against the Rangers. Tuesday against Arizona and Friday against Detroit. So that's a three-game week against uh, a bubble playoff team and two bad teams. So we could maybe get a decent sense for them. Sure. Yeah. Especially if they do badly against them. Oh, 100%. Um, And, uh, yeah, I hope they lose. I hope they, you know, I hope they beat the Rangers. Tell you that. Because I love a good Ranger, Duncan. Um, Okay. So, yeah, anything else on on the standings front you wanted to mention? I think that's it. Uh, it's time for our draft. And we came up with the idea for this draft uh, minutes before we began to record. We left it to the last minute. And since it's New Year's Eve and 2022 ends today, uh, we want to do something related to looking back at the year in review. And rather than talk about, you know, all the, if we wanted to year in review hockey, rather than talk about all the big things everyone remembers, like uh, Avalanche win the Stanley Cup and Goudreau goes to Columbus and Shane Wright falls to fourth overall, all these big stories. We felt like we would look at the the lesser known <laughs> eventualities of 2022. Um, the players who were traded away, who suck ass. Uh, and so therefore we will be drafting. Oh, we will boy. each be trying to draft the team of the six worst players who were traded in 2022. Um, so the goal is to have uh, the, the collection of the worst hockey players possible. Um, so, uh, one thing I will say is I think we've agreed players like Shea Weber and Ben Bishop and Brian Little, who are just LTIR placements who were involved in a trade, uh, we're taking those off the board, um, so as to kind of just avoid confusion. Uh, would you, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to ask, the likes of Michael McAneven and Lane Peterson were traded twice. Can they be drafted twice? Once. That's a one player. Okay, we're taking that. We're making a run. You, sure. you want two Lane Petersons on your team? I know he's he's honestly he's probably too good for me to draft. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God, this is gonna be a nightmare. Um, you know oh, I, I can't wait. I I I have a list of like seven notable names, um, but I didn't dive in at all with like the AHL players that were traded, like Zilch. No research, and me we either. might. We have, we might have to draft these players. Fuck Jesus. Okay. Uh huh. That's okay. Yeah. So who's going first? I think I won the last one. All right. So I'm going oh, first. Did we I have say a list that's way longer than twelve names? Okay. Um, and I'm going to pick first. Uh, I'm going to draft Tyler Inamoto. Jesus uh, fucking he, Christ. Yeah. He yeah. was traded. Let me find out exactly when he was. He was traded. Uh, on. On uh, March 21st, he was involved in the three-way trade that sent Max Domi uh, to the Hurricanes. Um, and this year, in the ECHL, he's played 17 games, and he has four points. Uh, in his entire career, he's only played two AHL games. Um, and, of course, <laughs> never once in the what NHL. What the fuck are we doing? I'm feeling yeah. pretty confident about uh, my first pick here. Okay. C- congratulations. Um, Thank you. All right. We love f- so you said you picked the guy with two NHL games of experience? 
or no, no two, two AHL? AHL games. Yeah. Now what am I supposed to do here, man? Um, <laughs> Hard to top that, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Who the hell am I supposed to go with? Um, there's the, the, the issue is, um, there's too many, you know, bad players. There's too many, too fucking... many players of similar level. Yeah, like what's the difference between you know, like any number of these people who are just throw-ins, like fucking Tyler and Emoto, you know? Um, did That's we say we're not out. we're not taking the contract into into account? No, no, uh, as as if these players uh, don't make any money at all. Oh it's just you want God. who do you want least on the ice? <laughs> <laughs> so even more of a disaster than usual. Um. Okay, you know what? Let's. I'll say. Uh, well, is this person? Um, how old is he? Okay, he's only twenty. So I can... okay, who the fuck is? Nope, he's only twenty-one. I gotta pick someone old, eh? This is. Okay, you no, know not necessarily. Eh. We're talking about present day. How good they are. You're right. Okay, I'll say. Uh, fucking Maxim Latunov. Why the hell not? Oh, really? Yeah, he's played some NHL games mention- though. Yeah, he has. That's what I was gonna say. I believe he's played a bit in the NHL. He has, but uh, I'm I no longer want to continue to scroll through the Cavalry trade page to look for <laughs> for for no nobody. So I've I've spared us that. Go ahead. All right, my next pick. I'll be taking Jonathan Myrenberg. Uh, he was traded to um, Boston recently from Vancouver, along with Michael DiPietro, in exchange for Jack Stunica. He's only 19. He was a fifth-round pick in 2021, uh, so maybe he will improve. But as it stands today, he is nowhere close to being NHL caliber. Uh, he is playing in the Allsvenskan this year and has only six points in 26 games. He's played uh, 15 games in the SHL last year uh, with no points. Uh, if you put him on the ice today in the NHL, I imagine he would get shelled, be totally out of place. Uh, he's bad at the moment. Okay, I got a good one. Gotta nail this one. Um, I am going with Braden Burke. Um, this motherfucker's uh. not even playing hockey right now, I think. He's not signed oh, anywhere. <laughs> He's never played in the NHL. Um, so I think I hit a home run with that one. Um, not playing hockey currently. So motherfuckers See, I don't know. What? Last year last year in the AHL, he was like over <laughs> half a point per game. Whoa! So, yeah, if you throw him on the ice now, he would eat Jonathan Myrenberg alive. I'm pretty confident, even though he is signed nowhere at the moment. Okay, well, to each their own, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, let me uh, let me see what I want to do. All right, I have one player in mind that I'm leaning towards, but I have another name. I just want to check the stats of very very quickly Ugh. to see how he's uh doing. Jesus. Um. All right, I think I'll think I'll go with my original pick. I'll take uh, Alexei Lepanov, who was traded for Ty Fellhaber, who I wouldn't be surprised to be drafted later on. <laughs> um, Alexei Lepanov this year uh, played two KHL games, 19 VHL games with 11 points. Um, he has played a little bit in the AHL over his career with uh, Syracuse and with the Texas Stars, uh, but never got a point. Uh, he's played a bit in the ECHL. I think, uh, yeah, he played... Uh, the Orlando Solar Bears had one decent year in 1920, um, but this is uh, a bad player who, <laughs> has, who, as we can see, as we can see, has has topped out 
as Jesus like a, a second liner in the ECHL or perhaps a second liner in the VHL now based that's my guess just based on his production. Um so uh Alexei Lepanov is not good. Uh and I think he's the first forward I've drafted too. I've got my my d- shitty defense pairing of Inamoto and Myrenberg. Now I got my uh my my top line center, I guess my only center, Alexei Lepanov. Wow. Congratulations. Um okay. Here we go. Let's not that we have to draft positionally. No. I I would hate that. Um Let's let me okay. I was um hmm. Okay, what about Jimmy Huntington? That's that'll be my next pick. Uh no NHL games of ex- no NHL experience. He scores like at a half a point a game pace in the AHL. That's too good for me personally, but go ahead. I don't want to look anymore at at, at these players' pages. I'm looking at too many, <laughs> so you know, I once <laughs> once I find somebody with no NHL games of experience, they they pass the threshold for me. They can all I'll fucking draft them. And there are so many of those of players like that on this list, though. That can't be your only bar. You know what? It is my only bar. Watch me. Watch okay. me make it my only bar. Go ahead. <sighs> hmm. I've I've Inamoto and Myrenberg are really like the very very worst of the bunch. I'm struggling a bit now. Um, to find. All right, let me see. I have a couple. You know, there are a couple goalies here that maybe can be considered. Um. Hmm. This is this is tough. This is tough. I don't know. Alexei Melnichuk may be a little too good. Um, uh, I'm looking at... I don't want to say out loud all the names I'm saying. Um, but all right. I'll, here's one. I'll draft Liam Gorman. Um, he is a Chicago prospect at, right now. He is playing for Princeton University. Uh, he's got nine points in fourteen games. Oh, hmm. no, that's too good. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm taking back my pick. I don't okay. want to pick Liam Gorman. Um, you know what I'll do? Ah, uh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Now this player does have NHL experience. Oh, but I I believe it was given him uh, on the mere basis that he had first round pick pedigree and never actually deserved it. It's German Rubtsov. Yep. First round pick of the Flyers, traded to the Panthers in the Giroux trade, and the fact that he was a former first round pick who went alongside Giroux to Florida should tell you what you need to know about him. Um, he is uh, inactive at the NHL level, which means no team owns his rights anymore. He went off to Russia this year. He's played a little in the KHL, mostly in the VHL. Eleven points in twenty three games, similar clip to Alexei Lapanov, uh, and despite. His uh, the somewhat promise he had as an 18 year old never really improved beyond that point. Um, and he's uh, he's I'm trying to come up with new ways to say he's bad, <laughs> to, uh, and he's uh, he is altogether lousy. There we go. Uh, no, I would actually say he's fantastic. I would want him on my NHL team, just playing first line minutes. Fuck with that shit. Wrong. Yeah, um, I will be taking Ty Emerson. Um, ah, you are. I am. Noted throw-in in the fucking Patrick Nemeth cap dump. Uh, yeah, what's, what's there to say? He's, uh, he scores 10 points in 50 games out there in the AHL last year. That's, uh, that's bad enough for me. 
So there's 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 your Ty Emerson pick. I asked the long-awaited. Wait, sorry, how many points uh, does he have at levels? Uh, he had 11 last year in 58 games. I think he's at, at All right. totally he's at 25 AHL points. All right, he had 11 points in 58 games last year. You know which defenseman has only three points in 21 games this year and had two points in 15 AHL games last year is Michael Callahan. That's going to be my pick. Decidedly worse than Ty Emerson and was traded to Boston from Arizona earlier this year in exchange for a 2024 seventh round pick. Welcome to the squad of Michael Callahan. Okay. Um, oh, I like this one. I will be selecting uh, Cooper Zek, recently traded um, to Chicago. This guy is uh, in the ECHL right now. So, congratulations. How's he doing there? Ah, point a game. <laughs> oh, point per game? Isn't he a defenseman? He is a defenseman. Wow, but point again, defenseman. Oh, it comes too good. ECHL for the Indy Fuel. All right. Well, I think that's you, you just took. You just took a point per game defenseman in the ECHL. Oh boy. You can probably infer that player is better than a point per game forward in the ECHL. Would you agree? <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree because I'm assuming that's who you're going to take. I'm taking indeed point per game forward in the ECHL. Ty Fellhaber. I said he was traded for Alexi Lapanov. And that he might be taken later. Well, it's it's me. I'm taking both halves of that trade, that blockbuster. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's topping off my team. Uh, he has played in the AHL here and there. Never scored much. Um, but he's uh looks like topping out as an ECHL star. So wait, how many points did you say? Squad of nobodies. How many points did you say? Uh, in how he, many games? Uh, he is 28 points in 24 games in the wow. ECHL. What a menace, um, this fucker. Yeah. But I will know only seven of them are goals. So he's setting up plays rather than scoring them. He's and got maybe a bunch of them. Maybe yeah. a bunch of them are secondary assists that he didn't even deserve. So yeah. there's no way to know. You're right. There is no way to know. There's zero way to know. There, there's no record of this whatsoever. Um, you, know what's, you know what's worse than a point per game forward in the ECHL? Nothing. No, a guy who can only get into eight ECHL game ECHL games this year and has under a point a game and is a forward. Um five points in eight games. Evan Barrett. Banger of a last round pick. This guy stinks. Um, I didn't realize he was so see, I didn't even I didn't even put him on the list. <laughs> but I'll tell him I'll tell you why. Um I well I put this list together very quickly, so I kinda had to go by gut. Yeah. Uh, and I knew he wasn't coming along so well. But I remember he was very good at the World Juniors for Team USA a few years ago. And it was like, look out for Evan Barrett. He might become Chicago's like third-line center. And so I was like, okay. But I guess he's just really maybe even gotten worse since then. Oh, yeah. And guess what? You take, you take a full trade. I take a full trade, too. I took the Zach Barrett trade that happened two months ago. So that's my I blockbuster sure for you. Yeah. Uh, oh, you didn't mention, though. You're leaving out information about Evan Barrett. Because while Ty Fellhaber has only played in the ECHL. Evan Barrett has played in the AHL this year for two teams. So he got into AHL action last year and the year before. He played the full year in the AHL, uh, getting 28 points in the 2021-22 season. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Maybe Evan Barrett's better than you thought. 
I, I really hardly think so. In fact, he's going the wrong way. Um, where he played the full season in the AHL, and he's so much worse at the age of 21 that he played fucking four games in the AHL, got one point, and then got demoted to the Reading Royals in the ECHL. Wow. So I'm comfortable. You know, I don't. I don't feel like I've misled the public uh, in in neglecting to inform you of the one point in four games uh, in the AHL. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this recap of the year 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, very thorough. Um, Extremely thorough. <laughs> we hit on all the major points. My team of terrible players is <laughs> Tyler Inamoto, Jonathan Myrenberg, Alexi Lapanov, German Rubsov, Michael Callahan, and Ty Felhaber. Tysay's team of slightly better players, unfortunately for him, is Maxim Latunov, Braden Burke, Jimmy Huntington, Ty Emerson, Cooper Zek. And Evan Barrett. You know, it's got to be I asked. Think, you know, wait, go I ahead. know which team I would rather have on the ice, and it's Tysay's. Uh, I, I would disagree. And, but I, I do got to say, to the average voter on the poll, when we put this up later this week, this might just be a popularity contest between you and I. Because what the fuck is the difference between <laughs> these two teams? <laughs> see they're i wouldn't underestimate fundamentally you know, meaning listeners yeah i think our listeners maybe you they deserve more credit than that they they are probably familiar with these players and they probably will be able to tell that for example maxim latunov is good whereas tyler inamoto is bad and therefore they'll vote for me uh, or maybe you have you know what is, is inamoto with the like hurricanes right now did i see that correctly um i don't even I don't remember, remember. Let me but see. you know maybe you you've hit on a fan of a certain organization whose prospects you've drafted. And they're higher on them than you are. You know? You got a Jonathan Myrenberg stand in there. See, Tyler Inamoto, actually, right now, uh, his rights don't even belong to a particular NHL team. Okay. Um, he is playing, I imagine, under contract with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits of the ECHL, which is where he's played all year. Okay. So who's the guy who I drafted? I don't remember which one. It doesn't have a contract right now. Was it Jimmy uh, Huntington uh, or was it Ty Emerson? Brandon Burke. It was oh, Brandon Burke who's was not signed you. anyway. Okay, well, there we go. So, you know, you think you had me beat. I have a guy who signed by nobody. Even the ECHL fuckers won't touch him. Um, yeah, but you can look at last year's statistics and see clearly that he could hop on the ice right now and torch Tyler Inamoto and Jonathan Myrenberg alive. You know, I think, I think the point I'm making is that if he hopped on the ice this year, he couldn't even crack an ECHL team, which is why he doesn't have such a contract. Um, I think that's incorrect. I think I maybe think he's just taking a little break. Maybe he just didn't feel like playing this year. Oh uh, yeah, so he can come back even better and stronger to pr- pursue his ECHL career. Yes, <laughs> or AHL based on his past performances. He's an yeah. AHL player, no doubt. No, there's clearly doubt because he's not on an AHL team right now. Well, the, the where the the no doubt comes in is that he's clearly clearly the caliber of an AHL player. No, I think there's doubt there. I I, I don't know. I I gotta say, put that in doubt. Oh man, I gotta say, I think this was probably the smartest draft we've ever done. I put in so much insight into this shit. It was incredible. Um, so uh-huh. much preparation. Definitely didn't was not like panic scrolling through cap friendly the last twenty minutes, spam clicking <laughs> anybody on that page who I haven't heard of. Hoping that they haven't played in the ECA or only play in the ECHL in recent memory. Yeah. yeah. Some notable names who we didn't draft. 
include Joe Sassoni, Zachary Hayes, Curtis Douglas, Liam Gorman, Grant Mismash, Tarma Runinen, Brady Lyle, Alexi Melnichuk, Antoine Morand, Michael McNeven, Frederick Allard, and uh, Cody Coran. You know, I, I said I had a list of names before we showed up today. They were all NHL players. No, I didn't even touch that list. It was like, you know, the likes of oh, Ben Sherratt really? and like, you know, Nick Delorier, Zach Cassian. Those are like NHL you draft for them. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, they're, we know they're bad. Meanwhile, these guys, you don't even know they're bad. You just know they're bad because you know you've never heard of them. Um, Should we have done worst players who were traded who played an NHL game this year? Could have. You know, ideally, you know, we could have done that and, and set those boundaries. Or just, you know, worst player given their contract. But but in that case, I would not have been able to draft Tyler in a moto first overall. We would never we wouldn't we would certainly not want to take take away that privilege. Um yeah. and the pleasure of that experience from you. So I'm glad right. I'm glad I went through with Jimmy Huntington, you know, and had had that experience. Well that's the end of the episode. Unless you have anything to add. No, I've got I've got shit all to add. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and thanks for listening throughout the year of 2022. Oh, yeah. We'll be back next year, but in 2023, uh, Fusion. I think I said this exact same thing last year. It was like, uh, we have no plans on slowing down, and that holds true once again. You can expect to hear us weekly all throughout uh, 2023 in order to talk about... Uh, how bad Connor Bedard is, how bad Alex Ovechkin is, and how uh oh here's a here's a fun thing we can do right before we sign off for the year. Yeah. Before the this regular season started, we made our Stanley Cup predictions. Okay. I don't remember what you said. I don't I either. said Tampa Bay. Yeah. Would you like to make your turn of the calendar Stanley Cup prediction for twenty twenty three? You can start. I gotta pull up the standings. See what I feel. Alright. Um I'm going to I feel like it's the everyone always likes to stick with their pick. Yeah. Uh which is you know, it's like makes you feel good to do, but it's also boring. But I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm sticking with the lightning. <laughs> what did I pick? I, I have no recollection. Was it did I just pick Colorado like a little boring little fuck? I don't think so. I don't think uh, so either. I remember doing some sort of switch up at the last second. Did you have an off the board pick or did you pick like the wild or something like that? I don't know. Oh, that kind of sounds familiar. Or the Hurricanes? Oh no, it was the Wild. Uh, was this past playoffs when we did our bracket challenges? Yeah. Uh, you went, you switched up at the last minute, so the Wild are winning the cup, and they lost in the first round. Um, I don't know if you picked them to win the cup this year, though. Was it the Hurricanes? Do you have believed in them so hard? No, um, I don't think so. Um, this is oh, was real... it Calgary? Oh fuck, it might have been Calgary. Eh? I think it might have been Calgary. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm jumping off that ship. Not totally. You know, I still have the faith. All they need is Markstrom to not suck shit. Um, and also for their other players to get better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my new pick this season. I think I know cup, what you're going to say. Who do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say Boston. Honestly, that would, no, that would be a terrible pick. Are you kidding me? Boring as shit. I can ask any bum off the street and they'll tell me Boston. Um, I can just show the NHL standings to somebody and they'll be like Boston. Um, what am I? What is this? I will be so, you know, like, uh, I kind of want to go off the board. But the problem is all these teams that were like off the, you know, 
doing better than usual. I had all of them sucking shit at the beginning of the year. And I can't, I can't, like, you know, like, I can't pick Dallas. I can't pick Winnipeg. You know, like, I don't, I don't believe in these teams. I can't even pick New Jersey um, because, you know, that's, that, that was your pick. I'm going to leave it to you. Um, I can't pick L.A. because they're frauds. I can't pick Toronto because it's Toronto. Boston and Carolina feel too strong. That doesn't leave me with a lot, I got to say. I am going with the LA Kings. Oh, fuck me. No, 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 no. My <laughs> dead fucking body. It's Colorado. Nah, that's too bland, isn't it? I'm way too indecisive at this point. Um, but, you know, like, Colorado. Yeah, totally ruined the momentum of this bit. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is, this is completely on me. It's I'm okay. picking the Penguins. Oh, There's your off the board. That's a spicy pick. one. The Penguins that... take it. Yep. I respect it. I respect that prediction. Thank you. Well done. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I yep. won't do the entire sign off thing again. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Next week, we'll talk about Florida. We'll recap the World Juniors. Uh, and maybe some more shitty players will have been traded by them. <laughs> Ugh. <sighs>